Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Attention, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coasties. The holiday season is right around the corner. And some of you might be wondering, how am I going to afford to travel back home to visit my loved ones? Have no fear. Holidays for the Heroes is here. Last year, Holidays for the Heroes received donations from patriotic donors, and we were able to send 65 armed service members with a fully paid round-trip ticket and got them home for the holidays. Wait, but what's the catch, you might ask? Buckle your parachute strap. There is no catch and no hidden fees. Just contributions from good old-fashioned Americans who want to help heroes like you and show their appreciation for your service. If you're an active soldier and want to register, or an individual who wants to be a part of that growing group of patriotic donors, please go to www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. That's www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. Blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 90, the first episode of 2021. We made it through 2020. And uh, welcome back. It took a little bit of a break for the holidays, and uh, this is a this is going to be a great episode. I know already out of the gate, they're all great, but uh, this was really a, a, a fun one to put together because uh, this young woman actually reached out to me. She sent an email and told me uh, that she liked the the podcast. She actually asked if I had a, a really a rooster named Steve the Jerk. Which as soon as that happened, I knew we had to have her on, uh, and she has an absolutely amazing story. Her name is Shayla Rose. She's an Eastern resident. So uh, welcome, Shayla, uh, fellow town of Eastern resident. Thank you so much for having me. No, no uh, our pleasure. And uh, so let's, we'll get into your story a little bit. You've, you've, you've written a book, you know, young, young author already stuck on the sidelines. Um, let's, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell, tell us about, you know, kind of growing up and what life was like. And then we'll get into some of the stuff that you wrote this book about. So before I was uh, 13, like I lived a pretty normal life. Like I had a lot of friends and I actually used to play soccer and I was very active and um, athletic. And so everything was pretty normal for me until I was 13. And I suddenly just got really sick out of nowhere. And uh, you just one day just woke up. You weren't feeling well. Did you? Yeah, I literally just... Yeah, I literally just woke up one day and um, I was laying in my bed and it was a school day and it was time for school. And I remember my mom yelling to me down the hallway and she was like, Shayla, get up. It's time for school. And I was just like laying in my bed and nothing felt right. Like I still felt like I was dreaming even though I was awake. And um, I kind of described it in my book as though I was riding the divide between the conscious world and the unconscious one. And 
I was just very dizzy and it was so hard for me like in my young mind to actually articulate how I was feeling because I had never felt this way before. And my mom ended up coming to my room that morning and she's like, why aren't you getting up and getting ready for school? (laughs) She was kind of disappointed in me at first. And then once I explained to her how I was feeling, um, she got very concerned. And that was kind of the start. It was just started on one random September morning. And that's when my life completely changed. Yeah, I was going to say, describing, I I vaguely remember 13. um, And just you bought your you're, you're going through a lot at, at that time in your life anyway. So trying to explain when something's off and you don't know what it is, it had to have been even more difficult. So Yes, absolutely. It was very challenging at that age too. Um, even understanding it myself, let alone uh, explain it to other people. So, uh, so mom gets on board that something's wrong and you guys head to the doctors and what do they, what do they do? What do they find? You know, what does that journey look like? That's the most challenging part, I think. Um, At that point in my life, uh, I did go to the pediatrician shortly thereafter. And the pediatrician told me at first that she thought it was just a virus or some type of cold that I was coming down with. So we kind of waited it out for a while, I would guess maybe about a week or so before I went back to the doctor again. And by that point, we all knew that it wasn't like a cold or a virus and I was sick in some other way. And um, the most challenging part about the illness that I have is that on the outside, I look completely normal, but on the inside, like, it feels like my whole system is misfiring, like I don't feel right. Um, So clinically, after going to the doctor again, clinically, I was fine. My blood pressure was fine. My um, vitals in general were fine. So it took a very long time to discover what was actually wrong. It ended up being like, months just to find a doctor who would take me seriously, but I wasn't properly diagnosed until I was 18. Wow. So you went five years without really knowing what it was that you yeah. Okay. And so I, I had I had an assumption that it was POTS for a long time because my mom ended up doing some research and um, just out of desperation, my mom's instinctually like uh dove on the computer back then and and tried very hard to find out what was wrong with me. But it wasn't until I was 18 that I had a tilt table test, which is the uh, test that they use to diagnose POTS. So that's Mm -hmm. when it was like written in stone, like this is what she has. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is what was interesting in your email when you said that you were diagnosed with uh, with POTS. What is POTS? (laughs) Great question. (laughs) I guess we should have started with that, right? Yeah, that's all right. I, I, I was I was wondering when I was going to put that in, but I um, okay. So yeah, what what is what is POTS? What does it stand for? And then because it's it's really it's we're going to sh- you're going to share, I'm sure, what the statistics are as far as people that have it. Um, I had no idea what it was. Forty five years old, never heard anybody that has it, never seen it in the news. So uh, yeah, no worries. Um, most people don't know what it is. Uh, so POTS stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And it's a form of dysautonomia, which is a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. So for those that don't know, the autonomic nervous system controls all the automatic functions in your body. So uh, breathing, heart rate, digestion, um, circulation, things like that. So all of those functions are essentially um, 
affected by POTS. Um, and statistically, POTS affects one in every 100 teenagers, 85% uh, of which are female. And I believe it affects about 70 million people worldwide. So, uh, you know, this is not by any means a rare disorder, but it's rarely diagnosed. Um, it's very, uh, a lot of people in the medical community don't recognize the symptoms the way that they should. And even general society, like people don't know, you know, what POTS is. Mm -hmm. There's a long way, like we have to still come a long way with uh, ad, uh, advocating for it and spreading awareness for sure. So, so what, you know, what, as far as what it impacted you or how did it impact you? Were you, did you, were you tired? Did you collapse? Did like, what were some of the things that happened to you, especially over that five years of, of kind of knowing something was wrong? I mean, it doesn't, does it come and go, I guess, is my better question is, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, for the last 10 years, so I'm 23 now, uh, for the last 10 years, I have been living in this world where I'm basically always depersonalized and dizzy to an extent. And uh, depersonalization is one of my major symptoms. So, you know, when I was 13 and I woke up and I felt like I was riding the divide between the conscious world and the unconscious one. And back then I could only describe it as feeling like I was in a dream. So that's basically what depersonalization feels like. And that's one of my biggest symptoms. Uh, so I haven't felt normal in like 10 years, um, which is kind of strange because I think after you've been sick for so long, what's not normal kind of becomes normal to you. Um, However, yeah, I mean, I went through a lot back then, especially before officially getting my diagnosis. After I was 13, I wasn't able to go to school anymore, and I ended up getting tutored. Um, I had a wonderful tutor. I was so blessed with an amazing tutor, and I now consider her to be a friend, and we're still, we still keep in touch and everything. Um, but yeah, so I ended up not going to school, having to be tutored. I lost a lot of friends. By the time I was 15, I left high school. Uh, I couldn't get the accommodations that I needed to have at that time. So I ended up getting my GED at 16. Um, but yeah, following that, I still felt pretty limited in many ways and wasn't able to keep up with like my peers and things like that. Yeah, um, one of the things when you and I spoke was the feeling of isolation that you had and that you've, you've had uh, Absolutely. For, for a period of time, which was one of the drivers for you to write the book and for you to do the, the pots for potsies. Um, you know, talk about that, that fe those feelings of isolation and then let's get into what you're doing to help others. Cause I think that's the really cool part of um, everything that I've learned about you little I've learned about you and kind of your mission is um, you're doing all of this to try to help people to not go through the feelings and the things that you went through uh, over yes. the last 10 years. Um, yeah. When I was 18, I had a very, uh, when I was 18, it was a very pivotal point in my life. And the reason was uh, when I was 18, I, I got a job that I absolutely loved. I was a server at a retirement home and it only, my job only lasted about like a month or so before I realized that I was living far outside of my means and I ended up getting really, really sick. Um, I ended up becoming bedridden at 18. I couldn't walk on my own. I couldn't even stand long enough to make a sandwich or pour myself a glass of water. Um, I ended up using my grandma's old walker <laughs> to get around my house. 
um, I was very um, unable to do things. And so at 18, I didn't want to live anymore. I was so isolated. I was so um, just giving up, completely giving up. I felt like I was hitting rock bottom. And uh, in, in one day I was laying in the recliner at my house and I decided to pray to God in desperation. And I prayed to him and basically said to him, what's the reason for my illness? And the answer that I received was to help others. So it was really in that moment at 18 bedridden that I realized, okay, I have a bigger purpose in life and I need to work towards this goal. So that's really when I started on my God-led mission to write a book. And I started writing the book literally like right then and there. And it took me a couple years to write it. And, um, and so that spiraled into finishing the book and then eventually starting Pots for Potsies, which has been an amazing experience. Yeah, and this book is, I mean, it's 190 pages and you've got poems in it. You've got also, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty deep from what I've, I haven't been able to read enough of it, but I did open up a couple different spots to just kind of get a flavor for it. Um, and, and like say you share, you share a lot of you and that's, um, something. Yes. I was very vulnerable in the book. I shared, um, you know, very much the raw emotions that I felt during those times. And you mentioned the poems and many of those poems were written at the exact time that I was going through those things. Um, so even before I started writing the book, I was writing poems. So they're very much um, deep. It's very deep for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's great. Before we get to the pots for potsies, how to so, so the book's for sale. You started selling it um, a year ago, right? It yes, the, it came okay. out in 2019. Okay. And where could people find it? People can find my book two places. You can find it on blazingtrailspublishing.com. Or you can find it at inspirepots.com. Okay. Inspired pots, inspired or inspire? Inspire, no D. Okay. Inspirepots.com. And uh, the book is stuck on the sidelines. Uh, the reality of facing pots. Uh, I'm sure I'll miss one, one or all four of those words. So I'm going to say pots, <laughs> but you spell it all out on your, on yes. your, on your cover. I squeezed um, it all in. Yeah. It, you did a great job. It fit, fit it all right in there. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, you wrote the book, you've, you, you realized, um, in one of your probably darkest days that there was, there was still something left that you needed to do, which we're glad that you did because that's what, what you want to try to do is keep, keep on keeping on as you put in your book. Right. So, um, so you, you want to bring awareness and you want to bring, uh, probably hope and help to, to others. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. I want to be the hand that reaches out to those people that are that were in the that are currently in the situation that I was in back then. I want them to know that, you know, keep on keeping on, keep going. There's more life to live. Yeah, I just had this thought. How how do you find like? There's probably not like a pots directory, right? Like, how do you As, find people? Like for other patients? Yeah, there are some support groups out there. Um, Pots for Potsies have kind of like locally turned into a support group. Um, but yeah, there are some uh, really good online support groups now, especially on Facebook. There's a lot of Facebook communities. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Pots for Potsies. Pots for Potsies has been 
like the craziest thing ever because uh, it started, I believe it was May 2020. No, May 2019. I'm sorry. And uh, what happened was one of my family members, so a cousin of mine, she was in the eighth grade at the time and she was doing a school project. I think it was called the giraffe project. Um, but regardless, it was some type of school project where they had to reach out and help somebody in their community. So her and a group of friends decided to paint flower pots for kids that had pots, which she didn't, I didn't know my cousin very well because we're like third cousins. And so we weren't like in, you know, day to day life with each other. And um, my book came out around that time and she found out about my book and then you know, we got together. She painted me a flower pot. She gave it to me. I was like crying. I couldn't believe it. I had never got anything like, you know, like that before that was so meaningful. So basically I had some conversations with my cousin and her mom and, and I said to them, you know, like this needs to continue beyond a school project. Like we have to be able to help people in the chronic illness community like this. So I really kind of just was inspired by her idea. And I, kind of ran with it and turned it into what it is now, which is Pots for Potsies. And to this day, I've sent close to 100 flower pots to people all throughout the United States. And you hand paint them and they have different, you have, I mean, you sell, you sell them too, right? I mean, well, so yeah, Pots for Potsies is a free program. Um, the flower pots are hand painted. Uh, so basically, if somebody applies, uh, for instance, if a, if a parent applies for their child that has pots, then they'll tell me like the child's favorite color and what their interests are, and then I paint it accordingly. So they're all custom painted and they're all different uh, according to the likes of that person. As far as Inspire Pots goes, I am painting flower pots for sale as well, and a portion of the proceeds for that goes to help Pots for Potsies. Yeah, I was going to say, is it possible for someone to just pay for a pot to pay it forward? Is that? Yeah. So Inspire Pots is why I created that. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So someone could go on, buy a pot, and then to say, give it to a, a patient of pots for, you know, someone that applies for it. So I've got a, I've got a lot of listeners. I'm very lucky to have a lot of listeners. And, and based on the statistics, there's a probability, possibility, high likelihood that someone's got uh, a family member, friend, or someone they know that's got pots might get pots. So they fill out, they go on your website and just fill out a, a yep. form. And On inspirepots.com, you can go on there and there's a tab on the website that says pots for potsies. And if you click that tab, scroll down towards the bottom of the page and you'll find an application. And like I said, all the flower pots that we send for dysautonomia pots patients are free. So nobody ever pays a dime for them. And they're personalized and painted by you. That's pretty, pretty cool. Yes. Uh, that is, and my uh, mission is just kind of to encourage that, you know, that POTS patient and help them through what they're going through. Yeah. Now we've been in COVID, which has been hard for just about everybody, right? It's just not, uh, uh, it's just not the world that we thought of as far as doing a lot of things, you know, we're doing a zoom podcast now. Um, but you were doing a little bit of speaking and a little bit of advocacy in person. You, you're going to start doing that again when things turn around. What's the, I guess, what's the long-term plan for, uh, for you with this? Yes. I love doing, um, you know, public speaking and talking about uh, dysautonomia, chronic illness in general, and really educating people. 
about what that's like and really shining a light on uh, invisible illness in general. So right before the pandemic hit last December, I, I actually went to a high school and it was so amazing because that was like one of my biggest dreams and goals was to go to a high school and talk to the students there and the teachers there and really educate them. Because statistically, like there's a lot of teenagers that are affected by this. So if you think about it, like one in every 100 teenagers are affected by POTS. And if your typical high school has hundreds of kids, then they can count on having at least a handful of them that has POTS or dysautonomia. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Easton's high school, I think has 600 kids. So if you do the math, there's, there's six. Yes. Uh, high, like, high likelihood of six. I mean, obviously there could be more, there could be less based on just who they are and where they are. But that's, you know, there's six people among you that are going through the similar challenges that you're going yeah. through. That no, nobody knows about or what it is or what it does. So, And it's uh, so amazing to me now, like to look at that, because when I was in high school and I was in junior high, like I thought I was the only one. Like there was no way that I ever would have imagined that there was somebody else in that building going through something similar. Yeah. And there's no, and there's no real, is, is there a, um, I'm trying to think of the right word is, is there, uh, an understanding of, of why you got, why you were, why you got it and others might not, is there, it's it hereditary, is it something to look for? Yeah, it's still like for me personally, it still remains a mystery. Um, nobody else in my family has it. So when I got it, it was very shocking and, um, strange and we all had to educate ourselves on it. Um, I do have uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I learned later on after my diagnosis with POTS, which is a connective tissue disorder. So um, I've learned since then that connective tissue disorders can cause uh, dysautonomia. So there's a high likelihood that in my case, it is like a genetic component to it. And I was just, I guess, the lucky one in the family (laughs) that somehow got it. Um, But yeah. Otherwise, I'm not sure why why I have it or um, why other people do if they do not have a connective tissue disorder. It seems like that's still a big question mark, and mm-hmm. more research is going to probably have to be done to determine that. Well, I think you're going to bring some awareness to the world that hopefully people will start to do more research, and if nothing else, you're going to be able to help some folks that aren't going to go through um, that isolation when you told me about that. Um, you know, there's so many people that feel isolated right now, but when you're battling an illness on top of that, uh, I can't imagine what that, what that feels like. So good for you. First of all, good for you for doing all the stuff, getting uncomfortable with the book, um, you know, doing the, doing the painting of the pots. What a great idea to, to play, play on a play on, uh, the name of the disease and doing something nice that is, uh, heartfelt and handmade, I think is, uh, is fantastic. And I think that that gives um, especially someone you don't, someone that does, they don't necessarily know uh, to yeah. receive something. I think is is really really cool, and I hope you get back out on the speaker circuit and get out <laughs> there and and share uh, your your message, your experience, and and what you know. Let people know that it's that it's going to be okay. I think that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. There's a quote that I had heard not long ago, and it said, when you find the light, shine it back for others. So I kind of feel like that's part of my mission now, too, because I feel like I've come out of that darkness, and it's my job to sort of turn around and guide the others and, and shine the light for them. Well, you uh, you shined a light on me. You brought some awareness and brought a <laughs> smile to my face on the 
uh, on our on our exploratory call and and sharing your story with me here. Uh, anything I missed or anything you want to promote, talk about? We got the website. I'll put that on the uh, show notes. Um, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I mean, just my website's inspirepots.com, um, and then I have Instagram as well. Um, you know, Pots for Potsies has their own Instagram, and then shaylarose.author is my Instagram. Very cool. I will put all of those. I'll get those all from you offline here. Make sure we put those in the show notes so people know how to get get a hold of you. And why wouldn't Pots for Potsies have their own Instagram page? Yeah, and Maybe. Facebook actually yeah. for all of them too. But yeah, for, for all the old people. Yeah, you know, what, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm an old soul, but I prefer Facebook. Like Instagram is such a challenge for me, but I I put forth my best effort. <laughs> yeah. All social media is a challenge for me, and I've I, I've done a couple. Most of my speaking is to uh, to older groups, adults, thirties, forties, fifties, and beyond. Uh, and I've done a couple of uh, speaking engagements with kids. I was just actually getting more into. Um, camps and speaking with kid, groups oh. with kids uh, in 2020 before everything happened. Um, and the few times that I did when I say, hey, you know, connect with me on social media. And I would always open up a Facebook thinking I was cool. And, <laughs> and, the, and you know, because then the kids would be like, Facebook, that's for old people. And I'm like, oh, I guess I figured it out. Uh, oh. But I, I, am a, I am a social media misfit. I, I have lots of work to do, but I know that that's a place that I have to be uh, to share the word and spread the word. So We'll make sure we put all of those uh, points of contact for you. Um, really appreciate you reaching out. This is these are always fun when when someone actually um, you know proactively reaches out and says, "Hey, I've got a short story I want to share. It might be uncomfortable, but I'm okay with it." So oh, yeah, uh, thank you for like having me, and also thank you for explaining the rooster because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just glad you have one. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, it's crazy chicken people. We all got to stick together. You know, it's a, yes. uh, it's a, it, it's become like a, everybody's got it. It's, it's like, but it's like a household pet now is the chicken and, and people that have had them for a while and can appreciate the, the chickens and the roosters and all that stuff. Uh, they're a lot of fun because you get funny stories, especially when, uh, when they all have names and their own personalities and people don't get that. They think they're just chickens. Uh, Absolutely. Plates. Yeah. I, I say I'm not good at math, but I'm good at chicken math. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very good. Very good. Well, well, this is fantastic. I wish you much success in your, uh, in your venture here and we'll definitely stay in touch and make sure you keep me posted on, uh, on how you're doing and things that, that's happening with, uh, with your soon to be hopefully back on the road speaking. Cause that's, uh, something I've been counting on for a while. Yes. I hope so. Yes. We need to get this pandemic under control. That, that is an understatement. So, yes. uh, appreciate your time and uh, we will have you back down the road to get an update and see how you're doing. Maybe see how, see how your launch of your second book or your own pot, own pot line uh, that we can find at Home Depot of hand painted pots or some uh, other awesome. funny, funny thing. So thank you so much. Thank you. That thank we'll, That will do it. Uh, this is a good way to kick off 2021 having a, a young uh, resident that uh, that reached out to me and and got kicked me in the pants. I really didn't have much on the schedule for podcasts. As a matter of fact, when she sent the uh, when 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 Shayla sent the the uh, the email to me, I was writing down the list of podcast guests that I was hoping to have uh, to reach out to, and I just had uh, I think I took a little bit more of a siesta over the holiday, so 
Uh, glad we could put this together, launch the 2021 year off right. Um, we're going to be doing some exciting things here in 2021. It'd be awesome. So if you're, if you're a listener and you're not a follower on social media, I strongly suggest you follow. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, we give away, uh, we gave away almost 300 books and they're from um, all different of uh, authors, many of them past guests. So uh, I got a couple here. I got to get out, you know, Sam Glenn and, and Les Trackman. And we got uh, uh, David Cooks. We've got a whole bunch of, of uh, books that we give away. We're gonna, we'll get a couple of, we'll get a couple of Shayla's books and we'll give those away here in the, in the next uh, week or so. Actually, just go drive down the street. I'll buy a couple, uh, a couple copies from you. Um, so be sure to follow that. I'm, I'm working on a new keynote. I'm doing virtual in it or live and I'm going to be really excited to launch on January 27th, first time, which is titled always find time to celebrate. Uh, as always, you can, uh, buy t-shirts on our website. The $3 of every shirt is going to the DuPont arena, ice arena in Washington, DC. We gave them a, a nice little check, uh, just before the holidays. Uh, we plan to give them even more in 2021, but I uh, want to say thank you to everyone that uh, rode this wave of 2020. It was a disaster uh, in so many different ways. And the uh, encouragement, support, the following, the listeners, the likes, the, the comments, the, the, uh, the, the reviews and ratings, which were huge in, uh, in 2020 on uh, iTunes podcast. Uh, it went a long way in keeping me going in some of these tough times. Uh, even even I get some some dark days with all of this stuff that's going on. So uh, hopefully 2021 is kicking off right. We're going to get another episode out here in the next week or so. Got a couple of exciting guests lined up. And uh, please be sure to follow, share, comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. If you do a rating and review on the podcast, remember you get a free t-shirt. You just got to send me an email with your size and address and I will get it off to you. And as always, if it can be anything, be awesome.